Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to The Extra Point Show on WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome into The Extra Point Show. I am neither Sneaky Joe DiBiase or Sal Capaccio. I'm Josh Schmidt. Welcome in. You're listening to WGR. It's a cold morning out there. It was very, very cold and snowy this morning when I got up about 4, 4.30 when I headed into work to produce the morning show with Joe. And I did not expect there to be snow today. And I was very upset when I walked out to my car and there's like an inch or two of snow on my car. And then because like when I went to bed last night, you know, I saw very minimal chance of snow today or whatever. I mean, you know, weather apps change all the time. And then now there's a lake effect snow band moving across the area. So hope everyone's safe out there. Hope everyone's uh, not, you know, too buried. I mean, like I, like I said yesterday, I was uh, greeted with two feet of snow in Hamburg when I got home the other day. So that was, that was not fun. But, you know, hopefully everyone's out there enjoying the snow and not having issues with it. I... Uh, don't really know how the road conditions are, conditions are. We actually got a lot of it up here at our Amherst studios. We haven't really had any of it, but now, like I said, it's moving up towards the North Town. So hopefully it's not affecting anyone too bad. I was thinking a lot about, like, snow games earlier, too, because of, uh, you know, how it looks outside and stuff. And I think back to, like, the Colts game. And I wonder if we're going to get one like that this year. I mean, obviously the Bills are on the bye week this week. So no Bills this week. I mean, it's kind of a relief. You kind of get to, you know, enjoy some other football, but stressful times are ahead. There is not much time left in the season, and the Bills have a lot of work to do to make the playoffs. You got five games, one of which against the NFC opponent, the Cowboys. The rest, all AFC, two divisional matchups still to go. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be close. I I personally think they're gonna make it. It's going to be really close, but I think they're going to make it. I actually put a poll up on my Twitter of, you know, asking, how do you feel? What is your confidence level about the Bills making the playoffs? And I feel like it's going to be a pretty pretty negative response because, like I said, it's a very grim outlook. It's It's not a great place to be. Right now on New York Times playoff machine, it's 15%. And that's before any games this week. That's before, you know, obviously the Bills are on the bye, so they can't have a game that affects this. But the options I got for you are running the table, a stressful yes, so they make it, but we are, you know, biting our nails all the way down to the last play, to the last whistle of that game against Miami. Close finish, but no. So, you know, hey, they let's say they go beat the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and the Chargers. And, I mean, hopefully they beat the Patriots. And then they lose to the Dolphins. So that could, you know, mean they're not in. Or let's say they lose to the Cowboys and the Dolphins. I think Howard predicted that yesterday. 
in Howard Picks the Bills. I think he also had a Chargers loss in there as well, but I don't think they're going to lose to the Chargers. I mean, sure, the Bills have had issues with, you know, one-score losses, but the Chargers wrote the book on that. So I'm not too worried about that one. And then my final option for you is when's the draft because, well, if they're not going to make it, where are they going to finish and what wide receiver they're going to draft? I have fully joined the wide receiver train. Um, I'm fully on board with it. I don't. I know they're not going to be getting somebody like Marvin Harrison Jr., but it's, you know, I hope they get somebody of the upper echelon of offensive talent in the draft this year. But if they make the playoffs, I mean, that's going to be kind of out the window because you're you know, your pick gets lower as you get higher up the standing. So it's kind of a double-edged sword where you want them to get good offensive talent, but you also don't want to miss them, see them miss the playoffs. So got that poll up for you. It's going now. Most The most answered or the most chosen answer is 34% at when's the draft. 33% is a stressful yes. Only 8% have, people, have them running the table where they win out and they make it no problem. I think that would even put them at winning the division if Miami's games play out correctly. So let's take a look at this playoff machine. Because like I said, the Bills aren't playing this week, so they can't really do anything to help themselves. They kind of have to, you know, just look around the league and get help from the out-of-town scoreboard. There's, let's see here, there's four games that will seriously impact the Bills' playoff percentages. That's the Colts Colts and Titans, excuse me, Broncos and Texans, Cardinals and Steelers, Jaguars and Bengals. So if the Colts win, it really hurts the Bills because the Colts are at 6-5 and five ahead of the Bills currently in the standings, in the AFC standings, because, you know, we're not really looking at division right now because Miami has a stranglehold on that at this point in time, and that's going to be tough to wrangle away from them. But like I said, if you win the games you got to win and then beat them in the last game of the year, who knows what's going to happen, And if, especially if they drop a game here and there. But like I said, Colts winning does hurt the Bills' chances significantly. And I don't really think the Titans have enough there to get it done. So let's go ahead and put the Colts winning over the Titans. That drops the Bills to about 13, 12, 13%. Steelers at Cardinals, I mean – Come on, the Cardinals? I mean, sure, Kyler Murray's back, but I don't know. I mean, this something's weird going on in Pittsburgh. I mean, how are the Steelers winning games like this? I, I don't I don't get it. I, it doesn't make sense to me how they just keep winning. Sure, they made it through Matt Canada, and now they have an offense that can get over 400 yards a game. Like, that's surprising. <laughs> you know, that – I mean, I guess it makes sense, but at the same time, it's still Kenny Pickett. I don't, I don't know. It's – Pittsburgh has Pittsburgh has weird voodoo, but Pittsburgh wins over the Cardinals at 12% for the play or for the Bills for the playoffs still. If the Broncos win, that would be first of all, I think it's their 7th in a row, 6th or 7th in a row. So there's that there, the Broncos just caught fire and you know, obviously we saw that on Monday Night Football a few weeks ago. Broncos beating the Bills there. They're also they're tied with the Colts right now, ahead of the Bills, six and five. If they win there, it goes down to eleven. And then let's see, what else was there? Jaguars and Bengals, I think I also had. Oh, and Browns at Rams. So Jaguars Bengals doesn't really 
affect it that much because the Bengals are kind of out of it, especially with Joe Burrow being hurt. And then Rams and Browns. I'm going to put the Rams to win that one. I think the Rams could really, you know, take hold of that game. Sure, the Browns' defense has been elite. It's had its great moments this season. I mean, yeah, you have Miles Garrett. That's going to just make your defense that much better. But there's no Deshaun Watson. He's been out for the past couple weeks now. And no DTR. So, well, most likely no DTR. So you have Joe Flacco coming in at quarterback for the Browns, which is just mind-boggling to say the least. I mean, Joe Flacco, I it, it's crazy to see him back in an NFL uniform. And now that I'm looking at pictures of him, I'm seeing images pop up on Google reminding me of just how many teams he played for, even though he was such a good quarterback with the Ravens for so long. He played for the Jets and for the Eagles at points. And the Broncos as well. So, I mean... It's kind of a all-over-the-place thing for him, and he's 38. Hasn't been – I mean, I don't. maybe he's been – you know, he's probably been keeping in shape and training and things like that, but is he NFL game ready? I guess we'll find out this weekend potentially, but I just don't think that that Browns team will have enough just to get past the Rams there. I mean, the Rams have their own issues, but I just don't really think that the – Browns are that much of a threat to him, but that does help the Bills if the Browns were to lose that game. So obviously I'm not doing best-case scenario for the Bills here. I'm trying to be realistic about this. Colts beating the Titans, that's pretty realistic. Steelers beating the Cardinals, also realistic. Broncos and Texans is a bit of a toss-up. I, I know I just said, you know, the Broncos have all this, just everything going for them, and they're, they're, they're playing great. Russell Wilson looks like Russell Wilson of the past. The defense is playing well. But the Texans are kind of, you know, those new kids on the block. They have they look like they have something to prove. CJ Stroud is making the card or making the Panthers, excuse me, regret I personally I think this. I I know Dave Tepper says what he'll say, but if I'm the Panthers, I am heavily regretting not drafting CJ Stroud. Bryce Young is gonna be what he's gonna be, but I just don't think he has the size, and I don't think Carolina has the talent or the offensive line that he needs right now in his career. Sure, maybe in a few years he could be developed into something, but given what they have in Carolina, I just don't think that he's the right fit there. But going back to the Texans with C.J. Stroud and just Tank Dell, those two have been a dynamic duo that have put the Texans where they are. And sure, if the Texans win, it doesn't really help the Bills either, but who do you have more... I guess, faith in falling off the Texans or the Broncos. That one's kind of a toss-up where it's like if either team wins here, it hurts and helps the Bills at the same time because they're both at 6-5. and five, So you could theoretically pass one of them. If, if the Texans lose, you pass them on a tiebreaker technically. But if the Broncos lose, they're still ahead of you. They beat you. So it's pretty dicey. That's and that's just this week. There's there's so many other scenarios in the weeks to come, but the one overarching theme in terms of what the Bills can do is just win. They need to win every single game if possible. The only one that I guess you can lose is the Cowboys game because that's an NFC opponent. If I mean a win obviously helps there, but I, I don't know. I mean the Cowboys are a pretty pretty good team, so that'd be pretty tough. But 
if you go through this, if you can get onto the New York Times playoff machine and things like that, it's it's a fun time. I've never really I've said it before, I'm not really a predictions person, so I've never really like dabbled with it all that much. But I, I enjoy this. It's it's fun because you get to go through simulations. But I mean, if you click all Bills wins, it's a ninety seven percent chance to make the playoffs. So obviously a Bills win out, they make it. Unless something else crazy happens in the standings, which I don't even know if it can. I, there's a 3% chance of something happening where they're not in it. Now, if you click off one win, and it's the Cowboys, and then you keep the keep the um, the scenarios that I have picked for Week 13 with those four games that I laid out there, the Bills dropped to 57%. And that's where that stressful yes answer comes in. Like, you lose to the Cowboys, you beat the Chiefs, you lose to the Cowboys, and then you win out, but you are really heavily dependent on other teams in that scenario. And the problem is, is a lot of these teams, they have divisional games towards the end of their schedule. So you have AFC teams playing AFC teams, and sometimes those teams are ahead of you, both of them. Like like I just said with the Broncos and the Texans, sure, they're not divisional opponents, but they also have their conference matchups still to go. I mean, the NFC AFC crossover games kind of get sprinkled around the schedule. Obviously, the Bills are playing the Cowboys in week 15, but by the end of the year, this is where we usually see a lot of these must-win matchups in conference, in division that create these dramatic playoff races. And the Bills haven't been involved in that in quite a few years now. So, one, this is kind of uncommon ground for the Bills and for Bills fans to be kind of in this position of like, what are we going to do? Like, what's going to happen? What's this? What's that? Where's it's it's going back to, you know, the drought days and it's going back to where the Bills were barely making it into the playoffs. And it's not fun. But at the same time, it's I almost want to say it's kind of what's needed. I've had this weird thought recently of like, does this help the Bills? Not because, you know, oh, they need to be, like, taught a lesson, they need a wake-up call or whatever, but they at the same time, they kind of do. I know that's kind of a weird cliche, but, and, and, and you know, that's not always, like, that doesn't always work. But this team needs to realize who they are and what they were, and they, they can still be that. Because you still have Josh Allen. You still have Stephon Diggs. You have Von Miller. You have... Your defense is still pretty much intact. Obviously, you have you don't have Matt Milano and you don't have Daquan Jones. That that hurts you. And you don't have Trey White. And sure, your safeties are getting older, but there's experience there. There's youth there with guys like Terrell Bernard and Christian Benford. You also brought in Russell Douglas, who's looked great so far. He has had a really good first few games after the trade deadline. But this team needs to just realize who they were, and that they can still be that. Despite the age, despite, you know, yes, there were stupid losses. You don't want to lose to the Patriots, obviously. You don't want to lose to the Jets in week one. You don't want to lose to the Broncos. But you you can't change that now. You have to focus on what's ahead, and that's these five games. And if you can win these five games, which you can, the, the offense proved that last week against the Eagles. The offense played like it usually does. The offense played like it was supposed to all year. 
last week against the Eagles. We saw that against the Dolphins. We saw that early on in the season as well. And then you get to that London game and things fall flat. I mean, we all know since then it hasn't been the same, but you look at the Raiders game, the Commanders game, the Dolphins game. Those three are what you expect the Bills to do. And they hadn't done that for a while. And then you kind of got a glimpse of it against the Buccaneers. But then you really get it against the Jets and especially last week against the Eagles. Now, I know it's hard to say that because the Bills ended up losing the game against the Eagles last week. But you played the best team in the league. The Eagles were 9-1 and going into that game. And you held them to under 100 yards of offense in the first half. Most teams can't hold them to under – I mean – Okay, they can't score. They can't have a hundred yards of offense in the first quarter. But sometimes with the Eagles, it feels like it because they are that dynamic of an offense. It, it's just that loss is. Joe was talking about it earlier. It's very similar to losses like thirteen seconds. Sure, it doesn't have the same weight and the same, you know, feeling because it's not the playoffs. But it, a win against the Eagles there would have really helped you in the playoffs picture. So it kind of carries the same weight in terms of making the playoffs. But like I said, if you take away the Eagles field goal, let's say let's say the Eagles go down in the fourth quarter and they score and they win the game, right? Like they use the whole time on the clock and they win on a last second touchdown. Yes, that would stink. They'd lose still. But they'd still like it's still a loss. But then you don't have the 20-second kneel down. And it doesn't make that loss look as bad because then you can look at all the other positives of the game because that 20-second kneel down at the end of the game is overshadowing everything else that the offense showed it could do. And yeah, the defense had its moments, but the defense also had its great moments. They intercepted and they had an interception on Jalen Hurts, which that's only his 10th of the year. And they also forced a fumble. So the defense did its job at times. And yeah, you're not going to have it be perfect but you're also playing one of the better offenses. So you can't really say like, oh, like, you know, that 20-second kneel down ruined the game. Yeah, yeah it kind of did. You you can say, okay, I misspoke. You can say that. But if you take that away, that is a great game, and it's just, man, we lost. That stinks. Move on to the next one. But now you have... So much other stuff swirling around. You have all these other what-ifs of what if they went for it with 20 seconds to go? What if they went for it on fourth down in overtime? What if they didn't kick the field goal there? What if they tried one more time? They were It was, what, fourth and sixth, I believe? So what if you went for it in overtime? And then you have the, you know, what if you miss? And the Eagles go down and they kick a field goal and they win. That's there's there's so many scenarios that stem off of that 20 second kneel down that it gets hard to look at the rest of the game and see this team looks fine. Josh Allen looks like Josh Allen. Sure, you didn't have your normal game from Stefan Diggs, but you had Gabe Davis and Khalil Shakir go crazy. And Shakir has looked very consistent over the past few weeks. I I'm really excited to see what he keeps doing with Joe Brady. And that's an, another name, Joe Brady. He, it, sure, it's two games in, but what this offense looks like compared to four weeks ago, it's night and day. I, I mean, these two, it looks like two different teams. And 
you know, we always knew it was there. It's just you had to unlock it. And I think that this Eagles game proved it. And especially heading into the hardest part of your schedule where you face the Eagles, Chiefs, and Cowboys, that's the kind of, you know, I, I don't want to say confidence because, like I said, you did lose. But your offense knows, the offense knows what it can do now. As I'm talking about this here, if you want to join in, 803-0550, give us a call. You can tweet at me too, at Schmitty47, one T in Schmitty, by the way. I spell my name a little weird, I know, but, you know, it is how it is. But anyway, let's get connected with our fans here. Brought to you by Northtown Kia. Mike in South Carolina wants to chime in. How's it going, Mike? It's going great. How you doing, man? Good. What do you got for me? So I'm going to pile on McDermott here a bit because I agree with all the criticism that everybody has said about the game. But there's one other moment of coaching that I haven't heard anybody you know, bring up that, that bothers me, and that's in overtime when it was fourth and six. I heard McDermott say that if it was fourth and one or fourth and two, they might have considered going for it. Well, how many times have we watched him walk Josh Allen out there on fourth down and go under center and pretend like he's going to take a snap to try, try and drive draw a team offsides. We flew offsides on their push push. You're sitting there at fourth down in a game that's a must win for us. The Eagles know it's a must win for us. We almost scored a touchdown in the play before. I don't understand why McDermott didn't do that move. That's the perfect time to do it, to try and draw them offsides, get it to fourth and one, and now you actually can decide whether or not you want to go for it. I thought that was one of the worst coached games I've seen in his career. And I, you know, I've I don't know. I doubt they're ever going to pull the plug on him, but you know, if they did, I wouldn't shed any tears. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. I I agree with you there. I I do think there was a lot left to be desired in terms of the coaching department. I I'm pulled up the Bills' fourth down conversion percentages here, and for this season, for the whole year, it's a 58 percent success rate. So. I can't I can't really find the amount of attempts and the amount of success, but obviously it's, it's about half, a little better than half. And it goes back to you have Josh Allen as your quarterback. It's six yards. Yes, the defense would be on high alert because it's fourth down, and if they get the ball, they're in semi-decent field position and they have to go down 40 yards and kick a field goal and win the game. Sure, but... How many times have we seen Josh Allen effortlessly run for six yards, seven yards, 10 yards, 15 yards? It's it's in every game occurrence. At least it was until the first half of this season. But now you have that back. You It, it looks like the offense that scored 52 points, was it, against the Patriots? I can never remember. It was too, it was too many points to remember. It looks like that offense. Are you talking about the perfect game? I think it was yes. 47. 47. Okay. Well, 47-52. It was a blowout. It didn't matter. Um, but, you know, I just I, – I also wonder about that fourth – the fourth down in overtime. I think they should have gone for it, but then you could be – I could be sitting here having the conversation of why did they go for it in fourth down in overtime, then they lost the game. You know, it's, it's how sports are. It's the what-ifs of sports. But – when your season is potentially on the line, now sure, they aren't mathematically eliminated, but that win would have done a lot for them in the playoffs. If your season is almost on the line, why not? Because then if you don't make it, well then you tried. And you never know. 
So you find out that, hey, we tried it and we didn't make it, you know, but we tried it. Let's see if the defense can get a stop. And like I said, the defense, as as many points as were scored on them, it was, you know, 34 points. They had their moments where they looked like that former number one overall defense. Sure, Poyton, Poy- uh, I always do that. Poyer and Hyde, you know, they're showing their age, but they had the experience of seven, well, they were, they've been here for seven years, but many years in the NFL. They're veterans in the NFL, and they've been through a lot. So, yeah, you might lose a step here and there, but you gain the experience of knowing where you need to be to counteract, hey, I'm a little bit slower, but I, I can be here and be there and still make that big play or still make an important play. Let's go back to the phones. Mark in Tonawanda. Mark, what's up? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, I think, you know, it, the the big question, and, you know, if we lose out, obviously I'm not being optimistic until we start winning. If we beat the Chiefs, I'll get, I'll get back on uh, – I'll get back on here. But um, I just think that we have to ask ourselves, or what the Bills are going to have to ask is, who's earned the right um, – because of McDermott getting us out of the drought and the playoff appearances that we've had, is he in the right to coach another year? Or has Josh Allen played good enough to deserve the right to his um, own offensive-minded head coach so that there's straight continuity there? And I think that's going to be um, a, a big talking point on what to do with McDermott. I'm thankful for McDermott, kind of the same way I feel about felt about Lindy Ruff. If he comes back to Buffalo, I'll give him the key to the city. I have nothing but good things to say about McDermott um, as a person and what he's done for this team. But it's just sometimes it's just time, and that's the best way I can uh, uh, explain it myself. I'm going to hang up and listen to you. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Thanks for the call. I I agree with you there. I, I you know McDermott has done a lot for this team. He brought them out of the drought. He took them to the AFC Championship game against the Chiefs. But at, like you said, and to your point, it might be time. By the way, if Lindy Ruff ever came back, I mm, man, that would be exciting. N- not that I don't like Don Granado. I, I just my childhood was built on Lindy Ruff making Sabres teams great. Um, but to go back to the McDermott point, I'm I've been wrestling back and forth with this on what they should do, and it's it's hard because if you make the playoffs you got part of your goal. I mean, sure, the goal is to win the Super Bowl. That's every every team's goal every year. But you you made it to the playoffs, and let's say they win the first round and they lose in the second round. Because obviously, unless you win the division, if you win out and Miami loses what they have to lose, you're going to have a wild card game. And let's say they win the wild card game and then they lose in the divisional round. It's kind of where you were last year, but... I, I don't think that that'll be, you know, warrant for anyone to be fired. But if you don't make the playoffs, I don't know. I mean, it's not necessarily a coin flip, but I don't know if I can sit here and say he deserves to coach them for another year. I might want to see it just to see if changes can be made. If you bring in a DC, does that help McDermott focus more on the head coaching abilities? Or, you know, maybe 
something just was off this year and it's just an off year and you come back and next year they're fine and they look like the world beater team that you had before. It's just kind of one of those things where you have to wait and see how the rest of the year goes until you can really make that decision. But at the end of the day, I think they'll stick with him for another year. I think they probably should. I, I, I don't, I'm not super confident in saying that, but I mean, he signed through 2027. So technically you have a few years to figure it out, but depending on the rest of the, how these next five games go, it could make or break it. So we'll see how, how that goes and uh, see if that affects anything as time moves forward. We're going to take a quick time out here. Uh, coming back, we're going to talk about some a little bit of a controversial take. Now, I don't know about controversial, but interesting, uh, interesting source for this take when we come back here. You're listening to The Extra Point Show on WGR. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You know, I think teams are really trying to stop that play. They talk about it all week. I'm sure they label it as some type of like level of toughness to stop the play. Listen, I've been running that play a lot of years. I have seen people jump off sides. He made zero effort to stop after yeah. he jumped off sides. He purposely tried to hurt Cam Jurgen. I thought it should have been a personal foul, and I think he should be fine for that play. But I thought that play in particular was absolutely a disgrace that the NFL should not allow. I really yeah. do. And in my opinion, the NFL needs to do something about him because that shouldn't be allowed in this game. That is Philadelphia Eagles center Jason Kelsey on WIP, WIP in Philadelphia, our sister station over there in Philadelphia, talking about a play where Jordan Phillips was called for offsides, and I guess it appeared he looked like he was going to hurt or trying to hurt Cam Jurgens. I mean, I can't vividly picture that play, but I don't know. I mean, that's just a little... It's a little out there. I mean, sure, things get heated in games and, and you know, people get upset and whatever, and an innocent play might look like a crazy one. But I just I, – I, I kind of agree with him, but it goes to the same point of this is where problems with the tush push arise. And I'm, I'm going to get back to the Bills and everything in a second, but I just want to talk about this because the Eagles attempted a tush push in the game. I think they attempted tw- twice. I think they did it twice. Yeah, they – I think it was just twice. The one that right. was the touchdown and then that fourth down that yeah. was called offsides. Yeah, and well, and the Bills stopped it after it was called offsides, I believe. But I don't even think he got the snap off. Yeah, it was it, so, you know, the Bills were able to stop one but not the other and I I feel like, you know, on the goal line it might be a little different. And the Bills even pulled one off themselves. <laughs> like it it was so funny. I was watching it and I think it was, you know, it was third and short or fourth and short and they lined up, and I see, I think it was maybe one of the running backs. I think it might have been Latavius Murray lined up behind Allen, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to do the tush push, and they're going to get it, and it's going to be hilarious. But this brings up the issue of 
that play where, you know, yes, it, it was talked about in the beginning of the season where it was so effective, like should it be, you know, talked about? And then it was like, oh, well, you know, defensive players are going to get hurt. And I remember Jason Kelsey saying, well, too bad. It works for us. You should try it. And now that the shoe's on the other foot where it's, you know, hey, an offensive player almost got hurt or could have gotten hurt. Or maybe they have gotten hurt. I mean, Lane Johnson was out this week for the Eagles. Okay, now it's an issue? Like, I I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I think it's one of those things where it's, you know, both parties, offense and defense, can have, you know, a high risk of getting injured because it's a very, very strenuous and stressful play. And it also, if you pull it off so many times in a game, the other team's defense is going to get frustrated and they're going to potentially do something that they might regret. I mean, it's... it's... I think everybody is getting frustrated about it because they keep doing it and it keeps on working. Well, That's why people are frustrated about it. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's, it's one thing if it works. Like, it's, you know, it's fine. Like, if, if if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. But, and, and you never tell a team, like, oh, you can't, you can only do that play a certain amount of times a game, or you can't do that because it's too successful. But until defenses figure out how to stop it more effectively and in a safe, well, safe-ish way, I guess, you can't really be safe. But in, in an effective way, this is kind of how it's going to be. It's going to get frustrating. It's going to have, you know, teams make these stupid penalties and stupid decisions. But I don't really know if in that case it was this kind of thing where, you know, Jordan Phillips was trying to hurt another player. I just think it's one of those coincidental thing or incidental things with a play like that. Because like I said, it's a very physical play. Your two biggest groups of people on the field are coming together at full speed and they are pushing their hardest to either stop you or get that one extra yard or not even an extra yard. And then you have your most valuable player, the quarterback, not exposed really, but it's kind of a kind of a dangerous spot to be in. So it's it's interesting how this play is, is evolving, and I wonder how it's going to go throughout the rest of the year and even into next year. But I don't know. I just wanted to talk about that real quick just because it was kind of interesting to hear – Jason Kelsey say that and like I said I kind of agree with him like if if like I don't agree with him in the sense of you know Jordan Phillips is trying to hurt a guy I, I don't know I can't remember the play so I don't know exactly about that but I do agree with him that it could cause problems in the future for both sides of the ball especially if referees don't officiate it the way they're supposed to let's get back to the bills here so like I said if you want to chime in 803-0550 give us give me a call uh, I got my poll up. How confident are you about the Bills making the playoffs? Still only 8% say run the table. I mean, I'm the eternal optimist. I'm going to put that up there. I kind of feel like they could do it if they get past the Cowboys. Stressful, yes, 24%. Could finish close, but no, 42%. That's kind of taken over. And then when's the draft at 26%? It's it's probably going to be one of those close but no scenarios, I, I feel like. I think the 42% of you that have voted here are right. Um, but, hey, you never know. Let's get connected with our fans again. Let's go to Mark in West Seneca. Mark, what's going on? Oh, good morning. I, I just sitting here listening to all of these phone calls about, and I thought I'd call in and maybe be the voice of reason. 
of what I hope is a silent majority. Um, I, I'm so tired about hearing about him getting fired because I don't think uh, the people who are calling for that really realize what they're signing up for. Uh, they're acting like uh, we can just go out and find the next new brilliant offensive mind. Oh, by the way, who they're going to want, who has never been a head coach because they won't want a retread. So they're going to want that next guy that that is never even proven he can be a head coach in the NFL. To, and that, like he's going to step in and the organization is going to stay status quo as is. Well, if you let Sean go, the first question is, does Brandon Bean stay? You have no guarantees of that. Who else doesn't stay? Do we lose pro scouts? Do we lose college scouts? This is an organization that's been built on stability and uh, being uh, a high level of excellence over the last six years under Sean. What coaches leave? Okay, you're going to be probably be signing up for a majority of the coaches leaving because either they're not going to want to stay or the new guy's going to want his guys. And you think you're just going to plug all this in and make it work from day one just because you have Josh Allen? I mean, I think this is absolutely irrational thought. Everything in that organization over the last six years that has happened has been spearheaded by Sean McDermott, from the uh, physical science department to uh, all the co- uh, scouts that have been hired, all the coaches that have been hired, working hand-in-hand with Brandon Bean, the draft. And sure, they've had their shortcomings. Nobody's perfect. But the hardest thing to do in sports is to go from being uh, a dumpster fire like we were when he got here and becoming a contender and then going from a contender to a champion. That is the hardest step to take. And I'm not making excuses for the guy. He's got to put up eventually. But at this point in time, the instability that you're asking for is going right back to the drought years. Okay, And then I keep hearing about the 20 seconds and why didn't we go for it here and why didn't we go for it there because we have Josh Allen. So because we have Josh Allen, who, by the way, our offense, and with Josh, and I wouldn't trade him for anybody in the league, okay, are prone to turnovers. That being said, now the big thing is the 20 seconds this past week. All right, so let's be reckless on our 25-yard line with 20 seconds. Tell the other team that we have to push the ball down the field because that's what everybody wants us to do to get in position to kick a field goal. Oh, by the way, where has Josh thrown most of his turnovers? pushing the ball down the field. Not only that, in a downpour, in an absolute downpour. So now he throws that ball, it gets picked off at midfield, and they return it five, six, seven yards, and you're back in the same position. One play, and that kicker they had nails another plus 50 field goal, and you lose the game, and everybody's saying, why didn't you just take it to overtime and take your chances? It's a lose-lose position for Sean. Okay, so because we have Josh Allen, there's never any room for playing the percentages or being conservative. We've got to go for it on every fourth down. We've got to push the ball down the field all the time and be reckless and not use your brain. I'm tired of hearing this stuff, okay? There are times that I believe he's made some mistakes being a little bit too conservative, but I'll take 13 and three years, 13 and four years, and being a contender under this guy every year and waiting to break through and a kick at the can every year than a knee-jerk decision and letting this guy go and having to start from scratch. Because I believe if you do that, that is exactly what you're doing. 
the organization is going to be unstable again, and you're going to be filling holes everywhere in your organization, not just on the field and not with just your head coach. Thanks for listening to me. Yeah, thanks for the call, Mark. I, I, I like what you were saying there because, okay, so let, let there was a lot there. Let's break it down real quick before we go back to another break here. So with the point of, you know, yes, you'll be starting from scratch if you get rid of McDermott. That's been my biggest fear too. And that's why I'm, you know, kind of still on the fence, but on the fenced side of keeping him. Like I'm not on the fence yet. I'm kind of looking at it going, hmm, what should we do here? And that main reason is why I'm, you know, very nervous about it. Now, let's say, obviously we can't, but let's say Brian Dable is still here. That makes this situation a lot easier because then you have a potential head coach candidate waiting in the wings. But you don't have that. You have Joe Brady, who has coached two games for the Bills as an offensive coordinator. Sure, he was with the Panthers too, but... With your team, he's only coached two games as an offensive coordinator. He's not going to be your head coach. Somebody like Eric Washington, who is the defensive line coach, personally, I wonder what he would do as a defensive coordinator, but I don't know if that's their plan or if that's what they're thinking. You know, because like I said, Sean McDermott is still defensive coordinator here, but that still has to be a hole that's filled. And as Mark brought up there, like, who's out there? You're going to bring in... Frank Reich, that didn't work out. Twice in a row, that didn't work out. So that's where I'm still wary of, you know, not so much has gone wrong where I'm, you know, let's do it tomorrow. But there have been a lot of red flags, and they've been getting bigger and bigger as the season's gone on. And, yeah, when you have Josh Allen, you can do those things. Sure, he has turnovers. He's kind of, I don't want to say known for it, but that's what a lot of the you know big-time media talks about is here's a turnover there, here's a turnover here. In that game, he had one. And maybe it was a forced pass, maybe it wasn't. But when you have a quarterback that can create over 400 yards of offense by himself, whether it be throwing or himself running, There's no reason to think he can't go down the field in 20 seconds and win you a football game. And like I said before, there's what-ifs on every side of the ball in any sport you play. So, like Mark said, if they go down the field or try to go down the field, turn it over and lose, then it's why didn't you try to go to overtime? So, that's why, like, you know, that this game isn't, you know, obviously the end of the line. It's not, here it is, we're done, he's gone. No, it's it's just kind of another red flag in a season of issues. We're going to keep things going here. we got to take another break here. Coming back, we're going to do a quick little reset, and then I think we're going to stick with the Bills. I was going to talk a little Sabres, but... We got, uh, we got some full phone lines here. So we will get to your calls. Got to take a quick break. You're listening to The Extra Point Show. I'm Josh Schmidt. This is WGR. Hey, be caller number five at 716-221-4947. 716-221-497 to win a Miller Lite 
and Buffalo Bill's ugly Christmas sweater with a matching winter hat, courtesy of Miller Lite. Miller Lite, proud partner of the Buffalo Bills. It's Miller time. And you also must be 21 years or older to win. That's 716-221-4WGR. Going to get back to the phones here. We'll take a call real quick before we go back to break. Billy in New Jersey. Billy, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are we? Good. How are you? Doing all right. Um, so I just want to talk about Sean McDermott really fast. I'm I, I'm a big fan of Sean McDermott. Um, I just it, it's hard to stick up for him anymore. Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to read a stat real quick. Um, week one, Zach Wilson game winning drive. Week five, Etienne game winning drive. Week seven, Mac Jones game winning drive. Uh, week ten, Russell Wilson game winning drive, and week twelve, the Eagles game winning drive. Um, I don't think the Buffalo Bills have a Josh Allen issue or a turnover issue. I think, I think they officially have a Sean McDermott issue. You know, thirteen seconds. You know, the Vikings last year. There's just been countless times where Sean McDermott, who's supposed to be a defensive guru, you know. Uh, is just not getting the job done. I mean, he didn't even have a top five defense with the 2015 Panthers where they were in the Super Bowl. You know, I think Sean McDermott has been quite carried by Cam Newton and Josh Allen in his career, to be honest with you. Um, but that's all I got to say. Yeah, thanks for the call, Billy. I appreciate the stats as well. I'm a good, I'm a, a big stats guy. I, I like hearing some stats now and then. Um, it's it's interesting. I. I wonder sometimes, like, you know, I was just talking about how you have the same defensive core that you've pretty much had, but they are older. So with some of it, like, I wonder what's on McDermott and what's on, you know, the defense just aging and also being injured because you're missing one of your biggest players, Matt Milano, and you're also missing Daquan Jones. But, like, this past week specifically, it's just so glaring, the issue. And the issue was wrong decisions and like I said we don't know if it's an exactly a wrong decision but to, right now in this scenario it looks like that because you lost and that's where I wonder like what what would what would have looked what would it have looked like if Leslie Frazier didn't leave the bills what would it have looked like if the bills hired a defensive coordinator which at the time of you know Leslie Frazier announcing he was going to step away there was really nobody out there to get, so you didn't want to force a hire and not hire someone that's, you know, super. And you're not hire someone that you want. You you know you rush it and they don't work out and you know they're gone within a year or less. And that's why at the time I was okay with McDermott saying you know you know McDermott being head coach and defensive coordinator. But now I wonder if it's almost too much on his plate, and you know I wonder if that didn't happen would we be sitting here at 6 and 6 barely hoping to make the hoping to barely make the playoffs or would we be sitting here at 9 and 3 or 10 and 2 and you know first place in the AFC is being talked about and what are the chances of the Super Bowl like that's i, I don't know if it's that drastic but I'd be interested to see what they do in the offseason to maybe fill that hole at defensive coordinator and see if it helps the scenario. That's kind of what that's that's where I'm leaning to rather than, you know, the whole fire McDermott train. I'm more on the get a defensive coordinator, get healthy, and see what next year looks like. 
going to take a quick timeout. Tom, Dino, Luke, hang on. We'll get to you after the break. We're going to continue with some bills here because, you know, it's kind of the topic of the week. But we might switch to some Sabres later in the next hour. This is the Extra Point Show. I'm Josh Schmidt. You're listening to WGR.